As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means I did not go to Ashburn today. On Tuesday, because the Commanders, they didn't cancel their final OTA, but let's just say they downgraded their voluntary OTA session to a informal light workout and team meetings. So no media avail- uh, uh, eligible to go out there today. So therefore, what we we can recap what we have seen so far with OTAs and minicamp. And I had Nikki Javala from the Washington Post join me today to do just that. We kind of bounced around on a bunch of different topics, including the ownership sale. If we've got any signs of uh, or signs of uh, this thing finishing uh, soon, also got into uh, kind of just where this team stands at this point. Also, who is uh, we, we got into. A key figure in Sam Howell's development, uh, Jack Del Rio and this defense, and a bunch more. So I'll get to that in a moment here on the Standard Room Only Podcast, which of course you can find on iTunes or anywhere you do your podcasting. If you're an iTunes person or wherever you do it, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future podcasts. I will, of course, be continuing to discuss this team throughout uh, the summer heading into training camp which will begin July 27th. Now, that'll be the first day of practice. Players will have to get there, of course, the day or so before for physicals and, and start the process. Uh, but that is when it will be will begin. The team announced that 12 practices will be open to the public. You can get tickets. They're free, but you can get tickets on the team site. Sounds like they're going to build bleachers out there for everyone, uh, which is great. Obviously, it's got to be tough standing out in the sun uh, for all that time. But I don't know what the bleachers will will, will look like or, or how that setup will be, but um, I'm sure that will be helpful. So make sure you go check that out if you want to see the team out in Ashburn this summer. Uh, so uh, meanwhile, if you go over to The Athletic on Wednesday, I will have part one of my takeaways for this summer um a lot of things not discussed here on this episode so it'll be a lot of fresh material 
uh, over there for sure. Um, at this point, though, we're just kind of, you know, we're in a little bit of a holding pattern on, on a bunch of different fronts, namely the ownership situation. Um, I, I think, you know, I one, one thing to consider, and we discussed this in the podcast, is, you know, Rivera has said, Ron Rivera has said that, you know, they're in kind of limbo when it comes to moving forward on a couple of areas with this team. And he didn't specify if that means contract extensions or roster additions, uh, probably uh, finalizing some of their coaching staff changes. Um, so all that is in play. One, one thing I do wonder about, and I'm not the only one, of course, is what does any of this mean for hard knocks? You know, Washington is one of the four teams that is eligible to be selected. And and if you are picked, you, you kind of have to do it. Um, the other teams, including the New York Jets, have all to some degree stated, yeah, we're not interested. We're, it's not really for us. Um, Washington, though, is an interesting situation. First off, the owner deal. I don't see any way in which th- Washington is picked if the sale is not finalized. Uh, and I don't know, therefore, that that means Washington can get can be the team. You would imagine that HBO has to get a plan going here soon. They've got to, you know, figure out um, who their subjects are. They've got to get cameras set up. You know, they always have the deal. Anybody who's seen Hard Knocks knows you watch guys. They're still at home with their families. Uh, the, wherever they may be, the, 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 they have them uh, in their homes at camp. Like, they got to get, you know, got to get some things organized here. And if this situation is not resolved with ownership until mid to late July, and I'm not saying it is, I'm just saying... If that's sort of the the current hope, you know, the tra- training camp starts, as I said, at the end of July. So I don't think that's enough time to resolve this. Um, I, I will say that I, there are people in the organization, primarily on the business side, who would be down with this happening. Uh, obviously, it's a good look for the organization. It gives you more attention. And considering how much negativity has surrounded this place over the years. Uh, you know, I, I think anything positive could be a good thing. However, I, I have no idea where Josh Harris is on this. I wouldn't think that Josh Harris and his group would want their first interactions with players, coaches, fans, anybody being videotaped, <laughs> recorded. I, I don't know that that makes a ton of sense for them. So I, I'm not assuming that this will happen. I just have heard that there are people who are wanting it versus, you know, the Jets coach Robert Sala has come out and said, ah, no, thanks. We're out. Don't, 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 don't look our way. The Jets make the most sense. Of course, uh, you know, you've got the Aaron Rodgers situation. The Chicago bears are one of the teams, you know, they've got Justin Fields. Uh, you know, they had, they, they made a bunch of moves this off season. The new Orleans saints added Derek Carr and Washington, Again, the Jets to me would be obvious. I think Washington, though, would be too. I just can't imagine the league is down to that until the ownership is done. And then even then, I don't know the Josh Harris. You know, they're going to make do Josh Harris like that uh, right off the bat. Uh, you know, me personally, I, I, I don't know how much I uh, am interested in it. I mean, I'm taking saying this as a reporter. It could be interesting, right? I mean, we would get access and see some footage of things we wouldn't normally see meetings with the coaches and the staff players um, in their 
own environments. So all that would be interesting. But it just means also I got to watch Hard Knocks and, you know, other elements. Obviously for fans, it's, it's, a, it's a fun opportunity uh, to see your team and uh, up close and get a feel for some of the better, some of the players. You know, I don't know who their focuses would be on. Certainly Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett would be there. You have to imagine Terry McLaurin and John Allen would be uh, guys that they would focus on. Emmanuel Forbes is a first round pick, but then there's the, you know, random players at the back of the roster or undrafted guys, you know, is this a chance to, to look at Dax Milne or, and maybe even like a Casimir Allen, an undrafted free agent, you know, vying for that job. Uh, wide receiver Mitchell Tinsley is somebody that's really had, I thought a pretty nice camp. Um, he's also there. Like those are the types of guys that could be um, in the mix. So that's always interesting, but, We'll see. Like I said, if I had to guess, I would guess they are not the team picked. But we'll see. As of June 13th, nobody's been picked, which is, like I said, a little bit strange in my view at this point. Nonetheless, that is the case for now. Uh, By the way, before I get to the interview, if you are a radio person, Thursday I will be hosting on 980, on the Team 980 AM from 4 to 7 p.m., so you can check that out. No doubt I will be talking a ton about this team and probably get into some Wizards stuff as well. The NBA Finals, of course, wrapped up uh, last night. Congrats to the Denver Nuggets and the umpteen people previously with the Washington Wizards organization who won rings yesterday, including uh, Ish Smith, Jeff Green, Thomas Bryant, uh, Nuggets GM Calvin Booth, and others. Kudos to them, and of course, Nikola Jokic, unreal. Just just an incredible player. Um, Speaking of incredible, let's get to this incredible interview. Uh, Like I said, bounced around, but I got into a lot of interesting conversations with the always interesting Nikki Jabala. Let's do that. Oh, and by the way, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig, and you can follow Nikki at Nikki Jabala. Read her at the Washington Post. Read me at The Athletic. All right, here we go. Uh, talking Washington Commanders putting a bow on this offseason program here on the Standard Group Only Podcast. All right, you know, there are some days where, you know, you're like, a, you plan guests in advance and you think, well, you know, I'm sure we'll have things to discuss. But sometimes you just get lucky and a topic emerges and the perfect guest is on. So on the day that the Commanders announce they have a new dog, who 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 else am I going to have here other than Nikki yeah. Jabala with the Washington Post. Uh, I mean, you know, this is a, the definition of fortuitous. Lewis, Lewis, is, say hi, Louis. My golden doodle, Louis, is here. Did he have a, a take on the? Speaking of golden, what what is it? What do we got? A golden retriever named Goldie? Is that what I saw? It's a English yellow lab. Oh, so know. way off on that. Not one. all okay. blonde dogs are the same. Sure, Ben. Sure. Um, yeah, but this is a golden doodle. Did, did they, you know, we talk so much about whether the commanders have, you know, upgraded their talent. Obviously, all the dogs are, are great, but do you, do you approve of this? Um, Amanda, of course, graduated yeah. and is uh, going on to help um, military veterans. Uh, that, that's what he's trained to do. Are you are you good with this transition to, uh, to, to, to Goldie here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a much better transition as opposed to, you know, when they lost Trey Turner and they bring in Andrew Norwell. I think this is a much more, um, you know, this is a much more appropriate replacement. You know, I think this I think this little pup has tons of potential, loves toys. 
I'm skeptical of their bio page where it says, you know, her best friend is Tutty because she also likes to eat pig ears. So friend might be used loosely in that context. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so we got to, so we're going to have to check to see if Tutty shows up on the side field at some point. Yeah. Tuds may need to watch his back a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that I, 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 there's hope for this for this little one you know she is super adorable super adorable is a very good quality that you're looking for in a dog um we we of course i don't know if the dog was out there today they had a light workout no no official ota uh they canceled that so we weren't out there today and um you know sure there's lots of various factors that go into choosing to to not have it including the fact that you know, A, it's voluntary, and B, I'm sure some guys were going home. Uh, also, uh, they also avoid the injury uh, bug, as it were. Are, are you, um, I don't have a huge issue with it that they skipped it. I mean, obviously, they already lost two days because of the penalty they got last year for excessive hitting in practice. So they're missing a day. I'm not going to freak out about it, but obviously, you would like to think they could get as much time in as possible. Are you uh, okay with it? Are you and Louie okay with that? Or do you have um, t- concerns that they're skipping a day? Lots Lewis. Oh, he just wants me to rub his head. Um, I mean, you know, they're no, I mean I I I'm one to believe they know what's best for their players and how to install an offense, much more so than I would. I think, you know, when you're installing a new offense and you have some new coaches, you've restructured the offensive staff, you have a new quarterback, a young quarterback, losing an entire week of OTAs is not ideal. Um, but they lost those two practices, as you mentioned, um, for excessive hitting last year. Uh, so it was highly unlikely they would get a full attendance, even if they had a full workout today. So it was probably a wash. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I agree with reducing the risk to injury, um, especially at this point in the year, they already lost Amani Rogers to, um, season ending injury. So yeah, it's fine. but you know, I think training camp should be as intense as possible. Yeah. And part did. not, not for hitting wise, but I think, you know, when you go light and then you really start the season, I think that's when there's an even greater risk of soft tissue injuries and other things that can creep up. Yeah. You gotta, it isn't just the physical preparation. It is the mental and you gotta stay focused um, throughout. Um, but, you know, in terms of the injury, I was thinking about this a year ago at this time. All right. So Carson went is coming in. Okay, how can you get him acclimated as quickly as possible? All these things. He doesn't have the the tight end room was a mess all last offseason. Everybody got hurt, ironically, except for the guy who's now hurt, Armani Rogers. Um, Logan Thomas was was still on the pup list. Well, he wasn't on the pup list, but he was out. He would be placed on the pup list when they started camp. So you didn't have your number one tight end available. Um, you didn't have uh who else? Oh, you didn't have your top two centers. Chase Ruiz and Tyler Larson were both recovering from injuries, not even factoring in Terry McLaurin was holding out at that point, skipping uh mandatory minicamp over his contract. So you had that. Then on defense, Chase Young, of course, was still weeks and weeks away mm-hmm. from getting back on the field. So from and you know, there's uh and then you know, there's other nicks and cuts and bumps and bruises I'm forgetting about, but like that 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 is an awful lot of guys. Oh, Curtis Samuel, of course, was especially at the beginning, was being nursed through 
camp as well, but he did largely participate. So they were in a much worse shape a year ago at this point. And, you know, from a purely planning perspective, it's I mean, it's got to be way better right now for, for yeah. Rivera and his staff to think, okay, I know we have these people available as opposed to, I don't know. I mean, what, I don't know exactly what shape anybody, these guys will be in. So I think right. from that perspective, that that's definitely, they've definitely up, upgraded <laughs> there. Yes. And I think one of the more promising things too is, you know, yes, Chase and Montez skipped. I hate using the word skipped because it's voluntary, you know, it's, but you know, they, they returned from their absence during OTAs and they, they were in shape. Like, you know, they, which is good to see, you know, it doesn't always happen. um, But to have their starting defensive line intact and looking strong, I think that's huge. And yeah, I, I, Washington, along with many teams in the league last year, there's, and I feel like we say this every year, there's always a ton of injuries and everybody suspects like, oh my gosh, or, there could not have been more injuries in this season. It's like that every year, but Washington especially had a number of soft tissue injuries. And for guys like Cole Turner, especially that um, really hindered the start of their rookie season and, and kind of slowed them down throughout the year. So hopefully they can stay relatively healthy throughout camp and into the season, you know, with. Yeah, no, and, and and last year, like at the start of um, training camp, the offensive line was really banged up, and I think that's when we really got to see the yeah. lack of depth that mm-hmm. they that, that that was a concern because uh, guys had to go in, and we were like, "Wait, what's going on here?" Um, yeah. And not to mention, you know, Trey Turner got off to a slow start that that lingered into the season that led to him getting benched for a little bit because he wasn't right. So yeah, they definitely had a lot more issues. Um, on that front. So good news, I guess you could say, uh, to, to that point. Um, by the way, I, I was thinking about this with regards to the, to, to the defense. We have talked an inordinate amount of time about Eric Bianami and for all the obvious reasons, we barely discussed Jack Del Rio. And there's only, it's not like we can sit here and say, boy, I was watching Del Rio during practice and wow, he really is how he's really sharpened his communication skills. Like, I'm not talking about that. But are we do, do we sleep on him a little bit? Like it's easy to sort of dismiss him because he's part of this thing, and it's easy to dismiss everything around here. But and, and there have been points during his tenure where you know people wanted to talk about it. he should be fired, he might be fired, whatever. In the three years he's been a coordinator, twice they've had a top ten defense, and the only year that they didn't, you had William Jackson's first year here, and he was a mess at corner, never recovered. And you had Chase Young and Montez Sweat both missing significant amount of games uh, that year. And you had Benjamin St. Juice missing most of the season, ultimately, with injuries. Um, and then even last year, Chase Young, of course, barely, basically doesn't play, only plays the last three games. Cam Curl and St. Juice both missed a bunch of games. Cole Holcomb, their leading tackler, missed more than half the season, or roughly that, Uh yeah, last year, and they still, uh, and there was a point where, like you know, Rashad Wild Goose is having to play significant snaps at corner, things like that, and yet they still had ultimately a top ten defense. And of course, you give credit to John Allen and Deron Payne and others, but I, I don't know. I kind of was thinking, like, man, we, we Del Rio is like getting like completely ignored, and I feel like since people we collectively point out when it doesn't work, I think maybe we should mention, hey, you know what, he, he's pretty good. If you think that. Yeah, I mean, the defense has led the team for the three years he's been here. So I don't I don't feel like they're sleeping on him. I mean, I feel like, you know, the second season he was here. I mean, the first year, obviously, really good. 
um, completely turned it around, but then to dip again, the second season, you'd, you'd like to see that consistency. So I don't, I don't feel like anybody's sleeping on Jack Del Rio. I just think in many ways, and I don't mean this disparagingly at all, but like Eric B kind of like the shiny new toy. He's the new guy, um, you know, and he's, they're redoing the entire offense. So I think more attention is devoted to that side. And there's always the hope that the newest quarterback, the newest coordinator, the newest play caller, will be the answer to all their problems on offense. So I think that's more of what's going on than anybody sleeping on Jack Del Rio. I mean, I think people know what he is as a coordinator at this point. It's kind of, you were, descri- so anyway. you were describing how the enemy is the new guy and Del Rio was already established. It kind of reminds me of like when like you showed up on the Washington Post beat and we're all talking about you, but we're, we're forgetting about Les Carpenter. Les Carpenter's putting in yeoman's work. We're just kind of overlook. We're taking for granted is what I'm saying. That and then Les Carpenter's like screw this, I'm out. Right. Well, he yeah. went on. He went on to bigger cover the Olympics, like so I can spend months in Paris. Right. That seems unbelievable. Like Les seems like a really bad. Uh, seems like a. If bad you could game. choose, would you take Ashburn in July, August, or would you start to prep for a month in Paris? I mean, obviously Ashburn. Yes. Ob- ob- yeah. He he is he he is the real loser. Um. <laughs> in this category um yeah i mean you know uh, you're right i mean i'm not saying we're sleeping i guess it's just sort of like del rio is just you know we're taking him i I guess it's sort of like we we give credit to the defense and saying how this defense could be even better when you factor in chase young is back they add the two kids in the secondary and all that but like um you know i mean uh you're right. The enemy is getting all the attention because he's new and he's a, he's a notable figure in the league. And we're all curious to see how this unfolds. And, you know, were these teams that passed on him as a head coach wrong in their assessment or you know, were, were, they, were they perhaps right in terms of some of this uh, leadership stuff? Um, but yeah, at the same point, I'm just like, you know, d- d- we just haven't, we just haven't talked a lot about Del Rio. And also like Del Rio is very much in the uh, Nikola Jokic like, uh, explanations at his press conferences it's just about the work he doesn't really want to seemingly elaborate too much on praise or anything else and it's just about that whereas um you know i know you were a fan of what you know Jokic was saying yeah uh after they they, they won the title just like yeah, yeah, yeah i i we we get the job done now and go home so like when you don't have the self-promotion i'm not saying the enemy is doing that but the enemy at least will talk even if he doesn't add too much. Well, I think the difference is um, I just always get the sense that Jack doesn't like us and just wants to get there, get out of there as soon as possible. Um, and sometimes I just can't blame him. Um, whereas Jokic just, to me, he's just like, <laughs> he he's just like a, a, like a little kid in like this massive human's body. <laughs> just this answer. Oh my gosh. The answer after they wanted of, are you looking forward to the parade in Denver? When is the parade? Thursday? No, I got to go home. I mean, he is all of us. That is all of us at around like 1 a.m. after an 8 p.m. kickoff, right? Or maybe just me. Um, but Jack, I mean, I you know, I think he just doesn't want to disclose information more in yoga. She just wants to go home. <laughs> but by the way, the, the NBA title officially makes Jokic the most impressive uh, NJ to come out of Denver. Wow. You went there. <laughs> well, you look, it was a tight battle, but like, wow. I mean, I got to give him the NBA title. I mean, you know. yeah, uh, that is totally fair. 
technically you know, from you, North Carolina, but okay. Well, I mean, well, he's not technically from Denver either. Implant imports. Wow. I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, uh, if I number two, I guess it's a that's fair, but right. I think it's, it's always debatable. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, okay, let's let's go back to the offense though, because. That is what's more interesting with this team right now. You wrote a story today that's up on the Washington Post uh, about Tavita Pritchard, the new quarterback coach, who is basically the voice in the head of Sam Howell and the other quarterbacks here. And because of the fact that Biennemi is new and sharing the same coaching space, we really haven't discussed Pritchard at all in ways that we probably would have if he had come in, say, last year and bid this guy like, oh, is this guy going to help the quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so in, uh, we want people to read the story, but give us the quick synopsis here. What, what is Tavita Pritchard's role in helping Sam Howe? And, uh, what gives you any confidence if you have any, that he's going to be able to, you know, help. Yeah. I think, you know, to me, what really interested, you know, aside from him taking on this, this role is, you know, here's a guy that was seemingly, I, you know, seemed to be on track to be like kind of a Stanford lifer, you know, he was a quarterback there immediately transitioned into coaching. Um, you know, he spent his last 18 years at Stanford, half his life at Stanford, um, really well-respected younger guy, kind of lesser known just in terms of like fans, media and in the NFL world. Um, but appears to be very smart. Um, well-respected has a ton of experience obviously in the system because he ran it as a player and then coached it um at Stanford you know he played under Jim Harbaugh and David Shaw then worked alongside Shaw so I was I was interested one in how the connection was made so he can't how he came over here and it was you know through the NFL's quarterback coaching summit that they hold annual annually in the summer to kind of spur more um diverse hiring in the NFL um, and through Derek Mason, who was on Stanford staff um, as a defensive coordinator and um, DB's coach, because when Pritchard started out, he was on the defensive side, which I think is really interesting, especially as a quarterback's coach, especially as a former quarterback, um, because now he's seen both sides of it. Um, he knows how to coach the system to his players. He knows how to see it through the lens of a quarterback, but he also knows what the defense is thinking and how they're going to try to pick it apart. So he can explain it from pretty much every angle as he's coaching these guys, which I think is just a huge advantage, especially for younger quarterbacks like Sam Howell, who are sort of fresh to this. Um, so, yeah, I, I just tried to talk to as many people as I could to learn more about who he is, um, why he wanted to do this, especially in a year when, you know, they're not only installing a new system and starting out with a new quarterback, but they're likely going to be sold soon um and it's basically a, a tryout for everybody involved so hey no pressure um so it's it, it was interesting to learn about him and, and kind of his ways of teaching and um kind of what he's seen from sam so far as well as jacoby Brissett. um because I, I i do think he's going to be if one of if not the most important assistant on that offensive staff i mean team goes where the quarterback goes so yeah it's going to be interesting like you know it, it's always a fascinating no matter what your sport we're talking about like who gets credit for a player developing yeah. um 
the head coach gets some credit. In this case, of course, the head coach is on the defensive side of the ball, but that doesn't matter. The general conversation, the head coach will get some credit. Then it's the offensive coordinator. And of course, with the enemy, oh, we had Patrick Mahomes. Now look what he's done with this fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. Then you have the quarterback coach, who is the, the more day-to-day, minute-to-minute person working with this kid. Um, and, and and that's why it's always interesting to see um not only how it unfolds, but you know how the credit pie gets sliced up uh, when 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 the time comes, should it come? Um, that's going to be interesting. Uh, we, we did. I will say, you know, we had a chance to talk to him to Vita a week or two ago at this point, um, and he was interesting guy, personable. I, I enjoyed listening to him talk. He wasn't one of these coaches. It's like doesn't really want to be there. He clearly enjoyed yeah. that, and that's probably from his like sort of well his personality, but also his probably quarterback background where he got probably used to talking a little bit more. So I thought that I thought he was a pretty good uh, communicator in that regard. What, what, what was your sense from talking to him about where he sees Sam Howell uh, at this point? Yeah. I mean, it sounded like, I mean, this was, um, this was kind of in the middle of OTAs. Uh, I think they had what a week left in phase two uh, at this point when we talked to him, but I think at that point, and it's probably still the case, is they're still trying to get to know their players. They're still trying to understand how Sam learns, um, still trying to understand what his true strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and that's probably going to unfold throughout the season. Um, but I I do think it's interesting um, just hearing how he's approached this. Like, how do you study up on not just a brand new offense, a brand new team, brand new coordinator learning how he does things, what his expectations are, but how do you really get to know these guys to a point where you can teach them all this stuff too. So I was, I was interested to see, you know, what he had to say there. And he really started during the combine. I think that was his, that was his first official work with the team. So he immediately flies out there. He's in the room as they're interviewing some quarterbacks, you know, comes back and he's holed up at in Ashburn, just pouring over tape and kind of reviewing these guys. So you know, you kind of get a foundation of who they are, um, what they've done. And there's not like there's a ton of pro tape on Sam. He had that one start and they have practices that they film. But other than that, it was just his college tape. So um, he's kind of learning a lot of it as he goes along, Pritchard. Um, but but that... he's, he's done this before. It's at, at the college level, but with guys who ended up being pros, guys like Kevin Hogan, who's from the area, was with Washington for a bit. Uh, I think he's still Stanford's winning as quarterback. Um, some dude named Andrew Luck. I mean, he was he was Pritchard was the starter um when Andrew Luck came in, and then of course Andrew Luck kind of won that job. Um, yeah. so Pritchard became the backup and he would wear the headset during games. Um, so he kind of became sort of an unofficial quarterbacks coach to to Andrew Luck because they didn't have an assistant with that title at the time. So there was a trust between them. And I feel like if you can develop that as a backup quarterback still playing and you can help these other guys of different skill sets, experiences um, have success, then, you know, it, it certainly bodes well for him to come in here and, and be able to do the same with Sam. Well, well look, if, if he's, if the only game tape he really had of Sam Howe was the, the, the Dallas game, I don't. I think he's probably looking at that tape, going, "Well, I don't have to teach much here. This kid's perfect." I mean, uh, that no, was minus the, the minus the interception in the end zone. Look, you know, I already forgot about that. Just de- <laughs> the details. I mean, 
you know, you got to throw the, you got to throw the defensive yeah. bone too. Um, but you know, the other thing is like, we all just say, Oh, go out and teach them how to do this. Well, uh, you know, we've all had teachers in our lives, whether we played professional sports or not. And some teachers you communicate with better than others, or you learn from better than others. And he's got to figure out as well, like, well, how does Sam Howe learn? How does Jacoby Brissett learn? There's other okay. quarterbacks here as well. And you got to tie it all into what Eric Bieniemy. he's got to learn himself, the Eric Bieniemy thing, then translate that over. So, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's rocket science, but it's also not as simple as saying, go do this yeah. without, you right. know, with some time. And that was why I think we've talked about a lot how this part of the of the program was really the basics because it was for, on the offense in particular because it was so much learning and trying to figure things um, out. Um, all right, I, I have to ask you about owner stuff, but before that, well, actually, I want to talk about what what the where the roster is because Rivera told us the other day. Like he has said, you know, like after they made some moves in free agency, they've been pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. And he has said at various times, yeah, we're just kind of waiting. We'll see, whatever. He, when we got to the last day of, of minicamp, he was like, yeah, 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 we're kind of, all right, let's go already, basically. He was like, I, I, you know, we, we're, we're, we're kind of anxious to get this going because we've got some things we need to do, things to discuss. He didn't say what exactly. Um, I, I am wondering, like, because they don't have any injuries, there's no like, wow, there's like major gaping holes. And right. perhaps whatever he wants to discuss is just like, hey, we want to give Cam Curl a new deal. We want to restructure Kendall Fuller's contract, whatever. But there is also the possibility of bringing in other players. And I, for me, the left guard spot, the offensive line as a whole is my biggest concern. And the left guard spot, I would say, is like, I, I, I wouldn't feel completely comfortable with where it's at, especially when you've got the young quarterback and the rest of the line isn't like spectacular. Mm-hmm. So I, in my head, I keep thinking they've got some cap space now after the Chase Rouye, um June one money came off. It's like ten point mm-hmm. two million. They'll get a little bit more whenever they release Norwell. I, I'm kind of looking at that statement of like we've got to do. We're waiting to do some stuff. I, I in my head, I'm sort of hoping <laughs> it's 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 adding an offensive lineman. Uh, what, what what was your read on sort of that that Rivera saying? I don't think they're I don't think they're hindered in adding depth on their offensive line because of the ownership situation. I mean, they're still a functioning franchise and they can still make those moves. I mean, it you know two days after you know he kind of said this and you know they're you know, we just lost a tight end. We need to sign a tight end. Well, they did. They went out and signed an undrafted tight end. I mean, the guys that are still available are not like, you know, guys that are break the bank. And they did give Deron Payne a four year, $90 million deal during this ownership situation. So I think I would, I would, I think part of it is, is finalizing some of the staff stuff, which they've already said what their plans are as, as far as, you know, making Travell Wharton, the, the O-line coach, they haven't updated this. You've noticed on their on their team website, but you know, Juan Castillo kind of oversee tight ends in O-line and Sam Peasy moved to more of a senior advisor role. So part of that, I mean, that comes from that comes with, you know, changes in salary, presumably, um, new contracts. So that you would you would want your new ownership to kind of sign off on. Um, but as far as like the the minor player moves, I don't they're not really hindered from, from making those, you know, when the waiver, when they pair rosters and the waiver wire comes out, I mean, I, it's very possible, you know, this, 
the sale could be ratified by then, but even still, I think they would be. So you fine. think like, like, like you, like you mentioned, they added a tight end, but it was like some, look, I'll be really honest. I've already forgotten the person's name and he's on the right. roster right now. Apologies. But are there big name guards that they're eyeing and they can't sign because of, I mean, are they trying to give a guard like a a $30 million deal? I don't think there's anybody on the market right now that is. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think like any free agent who's available, just like the ones we've seen signed recently, like Frank Clark signing with um, Denver, uh, Leonard Floyd with going to Buffalo, it's one year deals. I yeah. get, but but like they really haven't done any spending of any kind since they kind of locked in free agency and. I keep pointing to the Duran Payne thing as sort of a necessary evil. Obviously, the money was huge, right. but they needed to do that to lower his salary number, cap number for this year to then right. go get Jacoby Brissett. Right. So I think that was just normal. I, I just don't think there's a move that they're like sitting on. They're like, we can't do this until it's done. Like they never said they were going to extend Cam Curl this offseason. I don't, I don't know that they have a real reason to rush that. And Montez, they're, you know, I know they like Montez Sweat. They also want to see how it plays out with him and Chase Young. You know, they're they're both all their defensive ends are going to hit free agency next year, so they got to make some decisions there. Um, but I don't get the sense that there there is like this one deal where like we got to get this done. If there if it's anything, it's more the staff situation because they have a pretty expensive staff as is. You know, and if you're going to attack on years, these guys' contracts are changed salaries and yeah. Yeah, no. Well, especially if you're attacking on years, because yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's you know, right. and it's you know, until it's ratified, the ownership group can't have any communication with the team, so it's not like they can get these answers beforehand. All right, so you're you you're seeing essentially status quo. The group they have again, they 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 knock on wood, basically have no no only the one injury. Um, you know, Jamie Davis missed all this program after a knee procedure, but it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Um, everything else is pretty minor, so they don't have like gaping holes, and even like stuff like the linebacker depth, which we've all been lamenting for a couple of years. Even there, like Cully Hudson's been getting out of praise, so there's no big holes. But like the left guard spot, at least in general, I would just say I'm it makes me a bit nervous. Like, a guy like Dalton yeah. Reisner is still out there. If you look at any various lists, he is uh, the, 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 the number one, um, available guard. Mm-hmm. whatever uh, you know i don't get the sense that they've looked into him i'm just saying like to me that would be something i would at least consider doing are you are you, uh, are you comfortable then if you if they don't do anything else that with i mean with i think they seen? should absolutely add depth definitely you know continuing to scour the the wire if anybody comes up i think people are going to come in and out as camp as they always do just as they try try folks out um i don't know that dalton reisner is a good fit for this offense um, but we'll see. I covered him in Denver for a little bit and there were, you know, there were some issues with their offensive line. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see what they do, but you know, his case is interesting. I mean, I think he, it, from what it seemed like anyway, I haven't talked to him, but it seemed like he went into the offseason projecting to get pretty big money and here he is still available. So, All right. well, look, you know, Eric flowers is still out there, but he still wants them to bring him back. Yeah, right. What a weird one that was. I still don't quite understand what happened because it's not like he's retired as far as I know, but I don't know. All right. What? uh, Okay. So ownership stuff. So we're we're waiting here. It's it is June 13th. Um, 
you know, the last bit of reporting that uh, you guys had and that uh, we had and others have had seems to suggest, okay, it's it's moving in the right direction. And the Josh Harris finance committee meeting that you went up to and uh, you uh, gave up uh, 10% of your lung capacity in order to cover it. Five years Um, off of life to get a no comment. Yep. Yeah. Because, because you were up there when the, um, when the, when the dust storm uh, blanketed New York. Um, so we're kind of thinking, all right, it's next month. Uh, any, what, what, what's your, I don't know. You, you, would you like to put a percentage on when, it, when that this is definitely getting done next month? Um, I, could, I, I mean, I don't, I could see this definitely. Getting, I don't want to say definitely. I could see it getting done in, you know, later next month. You know, the hope certainly is before the start of training camp, that would be ideal um, for our sake. mainly. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think that's where it looks like it's headed. I know they, you know, after that meeting with the finance committee, this was Josh Harrison, Mitchell Rails were there with um, some of their attorneys and others. Um, you know, the expectation was they would have some remote meetings with the finance committee over, you know, ensuing weeks just to, as they can continue to vet the deal. And then, you know, all signs point to an approval. Um, the finance committee, once they're done vetting, they'll make their recommendation to full membership um, and it's usually an, a, you know, a unanimous recommendation. They'll, they'll say, you know, we recommend approving this. And then whenever they set a date for this vote, um, and currently the next owner's meetings is not till October, but it seems likely they would announce, you know, a date for a special session, similar to what they did with the Denver Broncos sale, which I think was ratified in, in August last year. Um, they would announce this date and owners would vote and they need at least 24. Um, so, I mean, and all signs point to a, approval. Hopefully things go smoothly over these, you know, coming weeks and they can vote, you know, hopefully later next month. It, it is whenever the blessed day happens, it, it feels like this has gone on for so long. There's been like, this will be like the third time essentially that the team has been sold. There was the agreement of principle. Then there was the exclusive agreement now we're waiting for this like i I, it feels like it's gonna be almost like a letdown for all the fans who've been like desperately waiting i mean either they've already gone out and assumed it's happened or like okay great like it it, it doesn't i don't know if there's just so much more attention on this one i mean the broncos they they announced a signed agreement in what may and then it was is that right it was in may last year you're the broncos person hold on let me look yeah no it was like may it was like may then july Right. No, they ratified in August. Um, right. Um, hold on, I'm looking at that. Yeah, reached an agreement. They ratified it in early August. Um, they announced an agreement in June. So two months, really, which right. is you know, kind of if this gets ratified in late July, it would be very similar. Um, it's just there's been more attention on it and it's been dragging out because we've been reporting on every single step, you know, not just the, uh, you know, literally, literally agreed step. to, you know, deal. Yeah. The actual sign deal and, you know, what's in the deal, whereas the Broncos, you know, they make the announcement, they report on the sale and it's done. It was fairly easy in that regard. But this one, there's just so much else going on um with current ownership and investigations and 
just the overall narrative of the team and everything. So it's just more, it's not that it's technically been longer. Actually, it's been pretty expedited given the circumstances in my opinion, but um, it's just more attention on it. Just much more complicated. That's for sure. All right. So you are guaranteeing the sale will be done before training camp. That's what you're, that's what I heard. Correct. That is incorrect. Um, I think the hope is that it will be done in late July. Got it. She's 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 crossing her fingers. If you're not watching, she's she's guaranteeing it. Don't worry about it. Um. All right. Any uh anything else? I mean, because look, I I you know we're, we're, we're there's no more team stuff until training camp, so we can't. There won't be any updates on how anybody's looking. Uh, hopefully nobody gets hurt in whatever they're doing in the off season, and we'll see if they do anything else. Any other uh, final uh, takeaways uh, for you? I was gonna ask. I was gonna do. I was gonna present the. Uh, off-season awards and call them the the Lennies uh, and, and come up with categories, but I didn't really get to that. Uh, if you'd like to name a, uh, a, a, a an off-season program MVP, mm. you're welcome to. Logan Paulson the other day more or less said he thought it was Logan Thomas. Well, uh, he's biased. Yes. It wasn't shocking he picked a tight end. Shocking, yes. Name Logan Right, I'm, a tight end named Logan to boot. I mean, it's really, it's really. Does his uh, vote even count? I, oh. You should no. You should. He's disqualified. Tell well, him that that disqualified. That's why I'm asking. I was looking back at what I wrote last year, recapping, and I said I wrote that like basically there's no MVP award or best player, but like Jahan, I would have probably given it to Jahan Dodson because he just really was so impressive last year. I don't know that I thought that anybody was like that much of a, a of a standout i mean but like i don't know if terry mclaurin caught a pass I, mean, I guess he did but like it, he wasn't really a factor curtis samuel wasn't really either i mean um you know defensively they're obviously still, the pa- they're still learning the offense and most of the time they're throwing against air so i don't feel like it's an accurate game right, right. Like- and then so on the flip side like you know uh, we can point to guys like Forbes and Percy Butler getting interceptions, but in seven on seven drills. No, right. right exactly. So I, I don't know that I had anybody. That's why I was like, all right, Logan Thomas. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. But Oldie, uh, the team dog secured a one year deal. Late, ooh, a late, a late, uh, a late push uh, for an award. Uh, yeah. And any, uh, do you have an award for like your biggest uh, worry or your biggest question going into uh, heading into training camp? I mean, it's kind of the same ones. Are they going to win? You know, I keep it pretty simple going in. Right, forget. Are we going to playoffs this year? Like, what's going to happen, man? Like, come on. Forget the offensive line. We don't worry about Chase Young's knee. No, they're just going to win. We can have a quarterback search again next season. Like, coaching search, executive search. Like, I got to mentally prepare for this stuff. So that's what I want to know. This is all about me. Okay. But yeah, yeah. My question is, yeah, sure. Left guard. Let's go with that. (laughs) All right. Left guard. Let's go with that. All right. Go read uh, Nikki's story on Tavita Pritchard in the Washington Post. Follow her there at Nikki Jabala on Twitter. You've been, we've been having you on here for three years. I'm not going to spell your name. People understand. Yeah. There's a lot of A's on that. Right. You get a J in the H part. I think you're pretty good. You'll figure it out. Yeah. You'll find it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. All right, so go do that. Uh, and uh, look, you know, if you see her out on the streets, you know, keep, keep your distance. She doesn't really want to sign autographs <laughs> in the offseason. Uh, Nikki, thanks as always. Thanks, Jeff.
Of course, thanks for having me. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.